Hey, one more thing before you go. Spiritual journey, loss, grief, breathwork, conscious uncoupling, and somatic healing. We're going to have an open and honest conversation with a woman who has experienced all of this after losing her mother when she was just 15 years old. She's now capable of transforming your life into a new direction with all these skills that she has. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. This is The Thing About The Somatic Healer. My guest in this episode is Tara Jones. Her work in the realm of body, mind, heart healing through transformational coaching, breathwork, and massage therapy through her organization, Machia Rising, is something that will make you improve your life in all areas. Her love of the body started at an early age through dance and art, finding the freedom to express herself and an avenue to release her creativity. We have some things in common. She especially found movement and self-expression essential during her teen years, healing from the hardship and grief after her mother passed away at age 15. This pull towards healing naturally led to Feldenkrais method in the yoga studies in college, continuing to deepen her fascination with the mental and emotional connection it has within the body and the somatic healing that can happen when we consciously bring love and attention to ourselves. Tara's passion her whole body wellness really solidified, solidified once she began her deep studies of meditation and eventually entered into the healing arts field as a massage therapist, breath guide, and transformational coach. This is going to be a fantastic conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. Welcome to the show, Tara. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. You know, you have an amazing journey getting to where you got. Like I said, we have some things in common. I'm really excited to kind of talk about those areas and explore them. But I always like to start at the beginning. Um, where'd you grow up? Well, um, I can never really claim a place because I I grew up with some um, wandering hippies in the 70s. And so... Um, we definitely have, you know, I moved a lot in my life and um, yeah, so it's, it's been an unfolding. It was, it was great. It, it gave me a lot of culture early on. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really claim a place. Uh, my father lives now in Hawaii and we did have a, a bit of time in my childhood in Hawaii. Um, and so I, I frequent there often. I love Hawaii. Hawaii is our go-to place. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a special, special place. I'm very lucky that I have a place there to, to visit. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. Go there. And, and I will just throw it in there. That's that's the reason for my name, Makia. Makia Rising. It means um, energy flows where your attention goes. And it's one of the um, seven Huna principles of Hawaii. And because it's such a... a special place in my heart. I decided to name my business after there. So 
I'm so I'm happy for that. That's very nice. That Hawaii is our that's my healing place. We love to go to Hawaii. We go to Maui. Mm. You know, is where we go to, and uh, that's where my wife and I reconnected. That's where we go there to relax and connect with nature. And uh, yes. yeah, that's that's my go-to. It's place. very powerful, powerful energy uh, there. You can feel it as soon as you step off the plane. One hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's in, in, in everything people do and say, and in the food, and in the culture, and in the music, and. The dancing and everything that goes along with it, it all it all connects in the water, in the grass, in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean yeah. right now the big islands, this is where my father is living. And that's where the live volcano is. And it's it just started erupting again. So oh. it is a, a pretty intense place where it's like right straight with, with like earth creation is pretty wild. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. I got, got a little off track because I get excited about Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your family like as you grew up? Um, like I said, it was it was during the 70s. It was definitely um, that era of um, be here now, uh, live off the land, uh, kind of the, I would say a lot of childhood was like an experiment of parenting a different way. Um, <clears throat> It uh, was full of creativity and play. It, you know, it had its dark sides and light side, as all experiments do. Um, but I'm really thankful in a lot of ways for how I was raised. It was a very free environment um, and very connected to nature. And I think that's <clears throat> probably the start of my interest in spirit is my childhood. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I do. I have a younger brother who's seven years younger younger than me, but we're very close. We are our, our, one of the family values um, was definitely staying tight and close to each other and doing activities, always eating di dinner together. You know, when life, when you slow life down, and and be more in the moment you can really have those deep connections and i think that value has kept us close over the years that's always a good thing the i think families fam, family needs to get back together again family needs to mm -hmm. understand that family comes first i think and uh, unfortunately in today's society i see more and more where that's getting lost so yeah yeah uh, i'm always that's one of the things i'm always telling clients to just put our phones down and connect into the moment, connect into simple things like eating dinner, dinner together and taking walks. Uh, these are, you know, having long conversations and, and, you know, this time during the pandemic with COVID and especially the lockdown, I think we got to see the benefits of really slowing yeah. it down. Yeah. yeah I, that's, a, way. that's a fortunate I would say that's a fortunate benefit of COVID because it allowed everybody to take a breath and understand that maybe what they were doing was not quote unquote normal. Yeah. And and then once they got to realize and they took that breath and they realized that certain things were more important in their lives, it allowed that breath to to kind of, you know, realize that maybe this is really what's normal and a better, yeah. you know, yeah. Or what is balance. our normal? Like what, yeah. what, what is my normal do? 
you know, I don't need to just be told what's normal, yeah. but I can create what's what's good for me. Yeah, I agree with that. I 100. Yeah. percent uh, You and I have a lot in common. You lost your mother when she was when you were 15 years old. I lost my father when I was 17. Um, mm. So that's pretty close, you know. Around that. How did you lose your mother? Developmental years. Um, my mom um, got breast cancer when I was about 12, and went through a whole healing process, but unfortunately lost to cancer um, when I was 15. And she was, I believe, 43, so pretty young. I'm I'm now 47, so uh, I thought she was an old lady when I was back in the teens, and now I realize how, how much she was just starting her life. Yeah, I think yeah. that I look back on my teenage years and thought 35 was old until I reached 35 and went, yeah. this is not old. <laughs> yeah, it's so young. <laughs> yeah, we kind of, we try to backtrack a little bit on that thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so did you, you went to college? Yep, I went, I went to college. Um, I, I would definitely say my mother passing away was uh, life changing and as as it always is with um, death, I believe. Um, and so I did go to college, but I definitely had a certain perspective at that point. Um, and I, I would say a certain leaning towards understanding life deeper and really um, being able to express my hardship and my pain through dance and creativity. Um, but I mean, at a, like I said, at a young age, I think I, I had, now that I look back on it, I think I definitely had a sense and curiosity towards spirit uh, or something larger to myself. When it was a child, it was more like interest in magic and, and, um, being one with nature. And then after my mom died, um, I just started reading a lot of books and I started getting interested in meditation. And um, I mean, honestly, late teens, early or early um, college, taking mushrooms and having pretty profound uh, experience of, of oneness that I wanted to understand how to do that without taking mushrooms, you know, like how to sustain that feeling of oneness and um, being what I would say closer to spirit and not so identified in, in my physical form. Um, so yeah, and then then I uh, went through college. Um, I actually majored in education and double majored in um, dance and photography uh, because that was my like my area of interest at that point but when I graduated college I just realized teaching wasn't exactly what I was wanting to be doing and and so I went back to school for massage therapy. Uh, you know, and interesting that you're taking from the experiences that you had uh, even even with the mushrooms, you basically decided to take a more holistic or naturopathic approach to to healing mind, body, and soul, like in totality, right? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, th that's been a slow evolution of my 
my work. Um, I don't think at that point I was really under, understanding completely what I was doing. You know, when you're when you're struck with life, when it's going in one direction, uh, especially definitely, you know, our parents are our foundation of reality. And um, when all of a sudden it gets flipped on its head and it's it's gets sent in another direction, you're you're really in survival mode of trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And I mean, I, I really didn't start processing this into my late twenties of the emotional um, upheaval that happened in my teens. Um, but I just know that I can see in retrospect, I was trying to understand what happened to me what happened to my family, but also just life itself. Like it really woke me up to how life is precious and it's, it's not something to um, take for granted that uh, you can lose your life tomorrow or today and to live life as full as you can. Uh, so I think all these practices I was, I was starting to become interested in was, was through through this kind of survival uh, experience I was going through. Yeah, I think you know those of us that have gone through loss, especially of a parent at a young age, and in a very, um, like you said earlier, you know, I, I was a teenager, you were a teenager. I hadn't seen my father since he was fifteen. So since I hadn't seen him since I was fifteen, and then we get the phone call that he passed, it was something that stuck with me for. I'm going to give my age away now. Stuck with me for like um, about 40 years, 45 years before I finally was able to actually really settle down and deal and understand that in what happened and why it happened. It, mm. it, it takes a while for, for us sometimes to come around to that because we hide from it. And, you know, sometimes we don't mm -hmm. always like to look at it right in front of our face. You know, we kind of push it down, suppress it and say life goes on or life moves on. And, and you know, and I know that death, unfortunately, is handled a little bit differently in different in this country than it is in some other countries. You know, it's almost a taboo subject to talk about, um, mm. which is unfortunate because I think people yeah. need a, a wider discussion in regard to that. One more thing before you go. The whole reason it was done was because there's always one more thing before you go and life can change in an instant. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I feel like sometimes healing process is lifelong. I mean, I still, there's still stuff I'm learning about myself from that experience of, and it really, in a lot of ways, identified me um, and still triggers me. Yep. Uh, it will come out of a, a situation that is not even related to my my mom passing away, but it is a death, you know, it is like when things end suddenly, it really affects me. So it's been a, a lifelong process of understanding myself and um, I'm still learning, but it's given me an avenue to have deep empathy and uh, a high level of uh, being able to work with people that are going through transition. And that's, primarily what I do when I'm 
transformational coaching and, and breathwork guiding is I'm working with people that are in heavy transition, whether it be someone passing away or losing your job or um, moving or um, divorce. It's these heavy times that you're, you're identified. You don't realize you're identified with these structures. And when they fall away, it's like you, a lot of times it, you're kind of just shaken to your core and to have someone be able to hold that space for you and listen and hear you during those heavy transitions is so important. And I'm honored. I'm so honored to be in this position to be able to work with people during those delicate times. So yeah, it's a very positive thing. I think uh, it gives opportunity for people to, again, talk about it, I think, without and feel it. Because sometimes we don't allow ourselves to feel that you suppress it and you're not supposed to. You know, guys have a tendency to, to you know, uh, I'm a man, I'm not supposed to do that. And what they don't realize is you're a human being first mm -hmm. and, and you really need to do that. So that's... Yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll just add on, like, it's not our, our fault that we do that because that's just been taught to us. Yeah. We, a lot of times we don't even know how to feel it. Well, you know, exactly. there, like yeah. emotional response, there's so much intensity. And usually we're, we're feeling the top layer of the emotional intensity, which is either sadness or anger, these high level emotions. But, but when we're actually taught and guided into lower and lower levels, you can get a, a deeper depth. So a lot of times it's that response is to repress that high, the high level intensity. Um, you know, the nervous system and the body mm -hmm. saying, this is way too much. I can't handle it. And that can happen, like you said, in anything. It doesn't have to just be death. It could be the loss of, of anything. Um, you talk about your, as if I make this correctly, conscious uncoupling mm. during your divorce. That's the first time I've actually heard that. Um, is, is that the, did you utilize this kind of a process to help you work through your divorce. Yes, and that's still ongoing. It's been about um, three years, maybe even going on four now. Um, I honestly didn't know that term either. We didn't know that term when we went through it. Uh, and then I discovered there's all kinds of books around it. And so there's a lot of information about unconscious or conscious uncoupling. But basically, um, we were such close friends and we, we, we still, we, we are close friends and, and love each other. And we both just realized that, you know, life changes and people grow and as sad as it is to let go of each other, um, the biggest thing that we wanted to hold on to is respect and love of each other. And just that the realization that our identity was changing. And I'm not saying it's an easy process at all. It's actually one of the most challenging processes I went through besides my mom dying. I mean, it was a death. Um, but yes, it is about holding space and understanding multi layers of complexity and emotion 
for both my partner at the time and and me and and it yeah it was a challenging process but so worth it in the end because he's still in my life and I'm still in his and we can love and support each other as friends yeah that's a very good thing um it it is we have that in common also I have, I have an ex-wife and my ex-wife mm-hmm. and my current wife are friends it uh I just pointed over there like she's over here. She's not here. She's at work. <laughs> See how unconscious we are? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> um the uh unless there's a ghost over here I'm not aware of. Uh yeah, we uh, uh I worked domestic violence for like uh four years at a domestic violence task force. And you know, when I got into that, it uh showed me a different perspective of life. Um, obviously, because of you, we dealt with the worst of domestic violence that was out there. And it's amazing what what people can do to each other, conscious, mm. emotionally as well as physically. And I um, always made a promise that, you know, would never happen. I grew up in a dysfunctional family, and I understand from that perspective as well of what can happen. So from that, you know, I made a promise to myself and, and my ex-wife did the same thing. And, you know, we're still friends to these days. And mm. My kids are friends with her kids. And, you know, it it's, we feel it's, we're just people and it just didn't work out. And, you know, it, I would, if it wouldn't have been right, I wouldn't have the two wonderful daughters we have now. And, and she wouldn't have the wonderful boy that she's got. So, you know, it's kind of sometimes things work out. Sometimes things don't and when they don't you don't need to be nasty and mean and you can be a human being again Mm. yeah and it it takes a a process of of grieving um it's not something that happens overnight and what i noticed it was a grieving not towards losing him because i knew i wasn't losing him but it was a grieving towards a life that i had projected into the future and attached myself to Right. And yeah, again, nice. it's, it's when you are going down a path that you believe, like our, our mind is always oriented towards the future. So it has this idea of what life is going to look like. And when it flips itself on its head and, and it, it goes in a whole other direction, there's a complete emotional response. I mean, the, the whole part of the nervous system is to keep us regulated. So you go through a huge amount of intensity, but that process of grieving and um, getting to know yourself deeper. And then also what, what you brought up, I love, it sounds like, um, and it's something I really hold dearly to myself is uh, gratitude for what I had with him and him in in my life. And then also acceptance for what is happening when you can actually accept that this is, this is the truth of what's happening at the moment. So you hold that knowledge of with gratitude and love as much as you can. And it's not every day doesn't look like all cheerful and beautiful, but over time, it it really is the guiding light to get you through the darkness. And, and again, what I, that's what I do in my work is to actually hold that space so I can be 
reminding people, you know, because every day is intense during that process. And even now, um, Dan is my ex-husband. Dan and I still can have some pretty heavy conversations that we have to um, hold for each other. And I think that's that's life. Yeah, that's that is exactly that's life, and and again, it's a continuing to learn about myself in this lifetime. So, and I, I feel that. very grateful, very honored. Um, speaking of of that, if you don't mind, you have a a, a thing that you say. Um, so, what does it mean when you say we are not broken in? It allows us to kind of heal from that perspective that we are not broken no matter what the circumstance happens to be. Mm, I'm glad you're bringing that up. That's, this is something is ongoing understanding in, in myself. It's again, not daily, like I got it, but I re- what I really like to do is lean into that with clients because what I've noticed of being in the healing arts field for almost 22 years now is there's this deep feeling that something is wrong and we need to heal it and fix it. And so that really causes a divide in ourselves. And I feel if we can come from the perspective that healing is the journey itself, And it's not that we're broken and we need to fix ourselves and get better. It's actually just this slow uncovering and understanding who we are at a deep, deep core level. And so it comes from the perspective of, again, that love and gratitude for who you are. And then you're like just peeling back the layers like an onion, slowly peeling back the layers and getting to know yourself more. So, so that perspective of healing and that we're not broken because there's something when you lean back into spirit and into your soul, you realize, at least in, in my understanding and my belief, the soul comes into this life to experience life at a very deep level on all levels, pain and suffering and joy and light. And it doesn't really that from that perspective, it doesn't have a preference. I mean, of course, no one wants to suffer. I certainly go through days where I'm like, no more. I don't want it. I don't want any more lessons. Um, but uh, there's there it offers a lot more space to grow and learn and dive deep into yourself when you come from that perspective. Is that part of the somatic healing? Can you help me understand what that is? Because this, that, be honest, I've been around the holistic and naturopathic healing for quite some time, and that's the first time that I've heard this. So I'm very interested in understanding how that all plays into this. Hey, just a real quick reminder. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for being a part of the One More Thing Before You Go family. Please remember to subscribe and or follow us. We would greatly appreciate it. We do have an app that's available for you for free. You'll find it in the App Store or on Google Play. It is compliments of Superpaths, our sponsor. Anything that you want to do with your business to take it to the next level, have an entertainment or an information hub in the palm of your hand, it's Superpaths.
It will give you the unique opportunity for everything. One more thing before you go. Please take the time to support us by subscribing, following, and visiting our unique merchandise store at beforeyougopodcast.shop. You'll find that link to the store in our website. It is beforeyougopodcast.shop. You can find our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. And one more thing, beforeyougo.com. You will find links to your favorite platform to listen to the show as well as the show notes for today's episode and contact information for our guest. And we appreciate you. Thank you for supporting and listening to us each and every week. Somatic healing, basically. So soma is a word that means the body. So somatic healing is being able, whatever practices you're doing, I find that breath work is an incredibly somatic healing uh, practice because it's, it is using the body as the healing. A lot of times we want to come from the mind. So it's doing practice to sink into the somatic experience of the body. Then, because the body knows so much, the body is so intelligent and it holds all of our life experience. So when we can sink into the intelligence of the body and get out of the mind, quiet the mind, there's so much that can be uprooted and healed. And that's interesting. It's, it's a very interesting perspective, I think, because yeah. most of us think about, especially, well, in my own experience, I, I, I went into meditation. From meditation, I did breath work, but that was more to get into my mind and to calm my mind and to get to a place where I could basically heal from that perspective. So the breathwork that you're talking about in the somatic healing, does that eventually take that all into kind of a mind-body-soul connection? Yeah, it does. And I, I would actually argue that you use breathwork to not get into your mind. That you actually accessed a deeper part, like it, you you, because the brain there's certain parts of the brain that are more our computer part of our brain. So and that tends to be where we we live. We mm-hmm. kind of live here, and we live back in the survival limbic system. Um, so when we are able to quiet this part of the mind, there's a there's a larger sense of mind and that's that mind body heart connection it's more spacious and it it allows in it has more flexibility allows in information that you wouldn't have gotten from thinking that's interesting did you have what was your experience when you when you felt like you got into your mind well, when I do it, I, I meditate every day and, you know, I've had, I've had eight surgeries now, um, throughout my, the last 10, 12, 13 years, I've had eight different surgeries. I got me in a wheelchair. We talked about that a little, you know, before we started the interview and in, in part of my healing, I got into meditation to help me to manage my pain, to manage my situation and to help heal, focus and visualized on healing quicker on what needed to be healed and so forth. So each time that I go into, and I still meditate every day, 
even if I'm getting stressed or anxious, I meditate. So my process is to go a place in my mind that I can um, relax. I'm from Colorado. I grew up in the mountains. So I miss that. I'm living in the desert now. And, and so I go there or I go to Hawaii because Hawaii, Maui, as we said before we started, is my go-to place. I'll pick a, a place that we went to either grew up or in Hawaii. And uh, I, I put myself there and I listen to the, the trees and the bird, uh, listen to the birds. And I look at the trees and I try to um, visualize and resense the smells and the sounds and the water and everything so that I can relax and stop thinking about the pain and stop mm -hmm. thinking about these circumstances around it, about what mm -hmm. I need to get done as opposed to what I, I want to get done. And, and um, so probably more from that perspective, I allow my opportunity for me to relax. <clears throat> it's, it's kind of a, like the first time that my daughter told me when I asked her what she wanted for her wedding present in lieu of uh, we're paying for the wedding, but I said, what do you, what do you want for a present? And she said, I want you to walk me down the aisle. It, it was a, I, would, I, I love my family, you know, first and foremost. My wife and both my children have been fantastic in this journey from the time I got injured, from the time I was in, you know, in, in recovery, from the time I was in a wheelchair for four years. It, it, they've been through it, the whole thing, every operation. So I need to say that out loud. But the, the motivation kind of jolted me into some reality. And to start really being in the moment and saying, I got to stop feeling sorry for myself. I got to start moving forward. I got to stop, you know, thinking what the possibility, what they're telling me that I'd be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life and put myself in the moment at the moment. So that's kind of what meditation does for me. I can sit down, I can relax, I can breathe. I take deep, slow breaths. I do very calculated breaths. I take myself to those places and then I allow myself to visualize what I need to do to move myself forward from whatever, whether it be a painful day, because I still go through pain, I still have chronic pain um, and things like this into, into, to kind of go forward in a positive way. So if that helps, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, positive mindset. You're using, you're using, um, yeah, you're changing. So let me, let me retract a little bit. It sounds like this two things. One is using meditation to, um, again, it is part of the quieting that that mind uh, patterning that's saying, I can't do this. I'm always going to be in a wheelchair. This is my life that I can't. The, you know, I, I just that desperate feeling that we all feel the in the Oh, I, I, um, I always try to kind of give that part of my brain a name. <laughs> I've been calling her Karen, <laughs> or I'm like, okay, um, you know, you need, you need to just leave the room for a while. But there is a power to breath work and meditation. And, and the power is, is like allowing that to, it can just be part of in the room. You know, Karen, go to the corner. She's going to continue to talk. 
but there there is a practice of falling back into awareness. And that's where you find when you're using your visualization, you're falling back into awareness that is always there. And we can call it spirit or we can call it awareness. It is the awareness of life. So when we fall back into that. And what you're doing with visualization is these are these are happy, happy, like easeful places. So then you're bringing in this sensation, emotional, positive sensation into that awareness space. So in that awareness space, we have more room. We're not just identified with this tight physical form that we believe that we are. There's so much power in that space. So yes, I mean, that's what, that's what breath work, the breath work I do um, does it very clearly because it's a very active breath it's not just breathing in deep and breathing out slow it's it's a very active it kicks up your nervous system so that you can um that part of the brain gets really quiet really fast and you can fall back more quickly into awareness or into like a higher conscious space so that you can then start bringing in what you're saying, like either positive thought, or you can also just be releasing, even even hearing more clearly some of the negative thoughts that like live in your body that are stored in your body or grief that's been stored, anger that's been stored so you can release it out. Um, I find it to be such a powerful practice. It's one of my main practices along with meditation. Yeah, it sounds like I I need I have some more learning to accomplish to go a little more well, deeper. Well, it with sounds the like work. you're doing a really great job. Everyone, I mean, everyone can like whatever is going to help you in your understanding. However, you need to identify it is, you know, I I tell people this is your life. You know, whatever practices that that makes sense to you and however you're going to look at it is the best way to live your life. Well, I, you know, I appreciate that. It, you know, it is, it changed my life in a very positive way and it's allowed me to look at life from a different perspective in one that I think is more enjoyable and more, you know, again, I have bad days, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. and But on those bad days, I take a breath and, you know, I yeah. stop and sit for a minute. And, you know, uh, it, realistically, I'm not on any, any medication. I do everything through diet mm. and through my uh, natural approach to my healing. And I, I, um, I'm grateful for that. 100%. Mm. I'm grateful that I was able to move into that mode uh, of feeling. And it, it also has allowed me to look more, you know, you mentioned the thing about grief. It's why it took me 45 years to understand what happened and why my father died and, you know, and let that go, mm. which I hadn't been able to do for quite some time. Uh, well, 45 years. So, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Well, just, that's again, it's like, that message that we're not broken is just a, a slow understanding yeah. of how we're wired. And, and sometimes it takes a lifetime. 45 years. <laughs> yeah. Or more. And it might continue to come up, you know, that's what I, I that, that acceptance is what I've been really holding in, in my own experience recently of being like, just the acceptance of maybe this is a lifetime. This is, 
and yeah. that's that's totally fine. Yeah, well, some days it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> for the listeners out there, I was you know forty five years. I was I was one when this started, so it you know so I don't give my age away too much. Um, <laughs> the uh, we have excuse me. Your purpose for creating Machia Rising. Again, I, I love the connection. I couldn't wait for you to, to you know, tell me about that, especially yeah. because it came from Hawaii. So you yeah. created Machia Rising and, and help me understand why you put all this into place because you have a mission in life, don't you? Yeah, I just wanted to create a space that uh, that's for healing that that or 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 to just show up as your authentic self. like just a space that people could be seen and heard and um, receive what they need to receive from me. And, um, you know, because I had three kind of, I say three pillars of, of my practice, one being massage therapy, and that's how I got in into this work. And then uh, over the years, I realized that I wasn't just interested in the physical healing that I, I wanted to know people at a deeper level and that some of the pain that arises in tight muscles actually is coming from uh, a different level, emotional, energetic level. So that's why I got interested in breath work guiding. Um, and that was very transformational in my own process. And then eventually uh, transformational coaching. So I wanted a space that could hold all three pillars, and people could choose how they how they wanted to work with me. And um, and then that that uh, word just kind of fell into my lap, Makia. Um, and I thought it was had such a beautiful uh, ring to it, but also it was it's just so true of where your energy goes. Um, so that, and then I was doing a breath work session with myself and that, that my energy was just like pulsing and rising out of my body. And so that the second half came together, Makia rising. And so yeah. that would be an amazing feeling when you, that happened. I think that, uh, that it was well, like the first time I actually, well, when I walked my daughter down the aisle, that's the way I felt because, you know, it was tough and it was hard, but you know, and I'm about to get emotional, so I gotta stop for yeah. a second talking about it. But the um it uh yeah, it it's a the realization like that really must have felt good to come to this. The lucky yeah. arising is um something that uh I think uh we could all kind of take our own Makia arising in in Eternally, I, I think if we can come to a position in our life where we understand where we're coming from, mixing our mind, our body, our soul, and understanding uh, hardship and grief are part of our life, but we can always move past it and forward from it. And we have an opportunity to do so in a very positive way. And Makia Rising and your pillars, I, I think, help to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I really just want, I want, my passion is to help people wake up to life. However, that whatever avenue they're going to be going through, I mean, sometimes, I, especially through this pandemic, it's been such a special <clears throat> honor to I visit people in their homes. I live here in Boston, Massachusetts, and I travel to people's homes. 
um, all safe, COVID safe, but uh, there's a lot of people, especially elderly, that have been really, really isolated and they literally just need touch and care to their body and talk about somatic healing. They just, it's really, um, you know, That'd be satisfying. Very healing for the nervous system to just yeah. be have connection, physical connection. And then again, also with transformational coaching, I mean, people are going through such transitions right now. There's a lot of things that are falling away and new things that are arising, and they just need help and guidance uh, along that path. And then breathwork healing. I mean, it's such a beautiful practice to get in touch with yourself and do some deep healing. So I, I just feel honored to be part of anyone's journey and however you need to, however you need to be doing it that day. So that's amazing. That's amazing. It's yeah. a great mission. That's a great mission for you to have in life. I think that, you know, in my career, I had uh, the fortunate and unfortunate, uh, opportunity to see where people were were left alone or they were secluded and they didn't have anybody else for that compassion that humanity and the people forget that we are human we need touch we need we need the physical feeling of somebody else being around us and listening to us seeing us hugging is a wonderful mm -hmm. thing and uh, mm -hmm. sometimes you know just you know we we have to take the time to think that there are those out there that we should reach out to i think yeah i mean we literally need it our, our nervous system needs a frontal connection with other humans to thrive so um that's that's very important and i i think during this whole pandemic the intensity of trauma that's happened in the last few years of us worldwide not knowing what the heck was going on day to day yeah. moment to moment and and still like now it's all back to normal and it's like well what is normal anymore and yet we're we're holding all this trauma from this experience and of being isolated yeah. of not having that that human contact so um i don't know i, I just totally tangented but uh yeah it's right. it's very important or what i was going to say like people not knowing why their anxiety was kicked up you know why yeah. these emotions were more uh, exposed and and um it's it's true we we definitely need that contact that human contact to um yeah be functioning properly well let's talk about how they can get a little bit of human contact some of that compassion humanity and transformation from you Oh, well, great. Uh, yeah, there's many ways that you can work with me. Uh, if you go to my website, you'll see you can work with me one on one. And that those kind of treatments would be specialized to what's what you're going through specifically. I do hold breathwork groups monthly, and I have one coming up April 10th. So you can check that out there. And then also, I think in the show notes, we're going to um, talk about, or uh, I'll be more specific, but I'm going to be holding a community group with two other coaches uh, starting April 5th, I believe. It's going to be a five-week uh, group, 
and absolutely free. It's just going to be a community group to kind of explore yourself and a place that you can be seen and heard and and talk with other people. Uh, and so we'll make sure to have that information. But uh, you can also just reach out to me through Makia Rising to learn more. And how they get, what's the name of your website, please? Makia Rising, makiarising.com. That's outstanding. And obviously the people watching this, you can take a screenshot of this and I'll make sure that all of that information will be in the show notes, including the information about your uh, both your events that are coming up in April. So those yeah. will be available uh, for you, people to either register or get in touch with you in regard to that. Mm -hmm. This has been a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you coming on the show. This is yeah. one more thing before you go. So is there any words of wisdom that you'd like to share before we leave? Oh, yes. I mean, really, all that I was talking about is, you know, just try to live your life as fully as possible. And that can be so simple. It's just literally waking up in the day and being grateful for having that day and asking yourself, like, what wants to move through me? Like, how, how, how wide and how available and how alive can I be today? And, and just find out, play, you know, play, bring joy into your life. The, the simplest things like cooking dinner can just in, be enlivened when we're awake. So that's, I just encourage people to wake up because this life is so precious. Those are amazing words of wisdom. I really appreciate it. Tara, thank you very much again for spending the time with us on One More Thing Before You Go. I, I thank you for transforming people's lives into a very positive uh, direction. I really appreciate what you do, and I'm thankful and grateful for you for what you do. So Great. thank you. Oh, thank you for having me on. Thank you, everyone. Hey, thank you for joining us on the show today. I really appreciate each and every one of you. I need to tell you about Tara's two events coming up in April. She's got a five-week community group via Zoom that runs from April 5th through May 3rd. And then she's got another one called Come Home to Yourself Breathwork Healing Group, which is April 10th. For more information on each one of these things, you can either go to her website at makiarising.com forward slash events, or I will have links for you in the show notes here on this episode. You can look for them there or on the website uh, before you go podcast.com. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go, have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.